Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. In today's podcast, we dove into what B2B brands can learn from B2C companies. As we know, B2C companies are always on the cutting edge of marketing, um, both good and bad, sort of pushing the envelope, pushing the limit to try to get in front of their customers uh, and try to entice them to buy whatever that product is. Uh, whether that's you know a large brand that is, yep. has a lot of loyalty and a lot of success over you know a long period of time, or whether that's sort of a you know one-hit wonder kind of a you know product that exploded and then kind of fell off the map. So what we talk about today is as B two B marketers, how can we follow that game plan and follow that template uh, in order to provide a better experience for our customers. All right, Solomon. So one of the things that we get all the time is we work pretty much primarily with B2B companies. Yep. And so one of the, I guess, you know, I would say complaints, but I guess pushbacks that B2B brands we hear all the time is, you know, well, we're B2B. That's, you know, we don't want to do that because that's how a B2C company would operate. Or we don't want to use social media because that's what B2C does. Or we don't Correct. need e-commerce because that's what B2C does. So we want to help, you know, explain to B2B marketers, CEOs, you know, CMOs, whoever that may be, not necessarily that, hey, you need to act like a B2C company, but there's definitely a lot that you can learn from what B2C companies are doing really well because they spend a lot of money on marketing, because yep. they spend a lot of money on technologies and automation, that we can take that and we can apply that to our B2B efforts, right? Yep. We always say that at the end of the day, it's not necessarily B2B. Or B2C, B2C, it's, you know, B to P, right? It's right. a person at the end of that that is making that decision. Correct. It might be multiple people, might be a longer, more considered sales process, a bigger ticket item when you're talking about, you know, a B2B sort of, you know, business transaction. It's not a purchase on Amazon. But there are things we can learn and we can take from Amazon, from their business model, from the experience that they provide to their customer in order to make and provide a better experience for our customers as B2B Correct. marketers. Because at the end of the day, that is what we're trying to do is provide a better experience. So let's dive in and let's talk about what are some things that B2B brands and B2B marketers can actually learn from B2C companies and implement into their marketing strategies. No, absolutely. And I think the two things that you talked about, maybe we can unpack a little bit. The first thing you said is they do spend a lot of money. Yep. That's really true because if you ever think about it, B2B brands are super conservative when it comes to spending because they're like, oh, well, we're not so sure what's going to happen. So let's cut back. Whereas a B2C brand spends so much money on top of funnel. So much money. Well, yeah. And I think the big difference there is B2C understands that they're marketing to the masses. Correct. Whereas B2B feels that they have to be laser focused and so precise. The title. Right. Yeah, Only their CTO. And I think that idea of, you know, account-based marketing and those kind of things have maybe gone too far where people think that that level of personalization is needed. And we get a lot of, on the B2B side, marketing decisions based on personal beliefs, right? Well, I never check LinkedIn, so my clients aren't going to be on LinkedIn. Correct. Or I never do this, so you know, I, agree. I don't answer any emails or any cold phone calls. So I don't want to do that. Whereas B2C understands that the purpose of analyzing big data and looking at trends and understanding need, that right. it doesn't matter if you answer, you know, cold calls, the statistics show that, you know, with the right messaging and approach, you can get, you know, X percent of replies, which based on your actual 
product sales sure. or your lifetime value of the customer, you can make that profitability work, right? And so like you said, B2C is ready to invest money into untapped platforms, you know, Snapchat Spotify. and TikTok Wherever. and Spotify yeah. and all that kind of stuff where B2B is sometimes a little bit hesitant. And what we're saying is you don't necessarily have to be innovative and creative in that capacity. Let's look at B2C brands as the blueprint. Let them spend right. the money. Let's figure out what worked and then copy that. And you're right. And the second thing that you said is, you know, you buy stuff on Amazon. Mm -hmm. We have a different experience buying in a B2C environment. And you try to put that towards buying something for your computer or whatever. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have all this friction. It's not as easy as add to cart and check out. And it's not easy, like almost as if the B2B brand is hiding 90% of the information mm -hmm. until... I can call them and then I have to ask the sales rep for more questions. Right. It's like, I'll tell you why you should pick us when you call me, but I'm not going to put anything on my website. Yeah. And you think about other companies that are in the B2B space, they market like a B2C brand, like say Salesforce or HubSpot mm -hmm. or someone. There's so much information, there's ample information. And people know that brand while well, nobody ever knows those other B2B brands are sort of extremely you know, conservative. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you look at the two B2Bs, like, all the way over here saying, well, I really don't want to do anything unless it's exactly the keywords that I, you know, show up for. I don't want to yeah. bid for even like the remotely, oh, it's too broad. That's yeah. not really good. I don't, it's almost like I don't want that business. I don't want anyone to know I exist except three companies. Yeah. Sometimes that brand awareness aspect of a campaign is lost because like you said, if it's not an immediate sort of right, bottom of funnel, then I don't want to do it. <laughs> Whereas for whatever reason, B2C brands tend to value that brand awareness and brand loyalty much more than a B2B. But I think you made an interesting point. And I think if there's one thing that people could take away from this podcast is that as consumers, and I say that as a B2B, you know, someone who'd make a decision for a company, sure. doing business with business, you're still a consumer, you're still a buyer. B2C marketing and that experience has conditioned us as buyers to a certain standard of a buying experience, right? Agreed. So as you mentioned, Amazon, right? You know, Amazon, Netflix, Uber, all these sort of things. You said remove, remove the friction, <laughs> right? Yeah, that buying experience, you go from doing that because these B2B buyers are still consumers at the end of the day. They still have Agreed. Netflix, they still have Uber, they still have Amazon. And so if that's their experience and they're making those purchases typically Every day, not even 10 thinking times about as it. many right. than they're doing on the B2B side, right? right. They might have quarterly initiatives that they research and they plan and they work with procurement and they work out their yeah. budget. They look at multiple vendors and then they make a decision. So they're doing that once every quarter or once a year or whatever. And then on the B2C side, they're buying something on Amazon every other day or they're, you know, they're, right. they're doing that. So on the way to work, the further that this trend goes along and B2C brands are actually going to invest more money into making that more of a seamless buying process. Right. The B2B brands that don't adapt, the larger that gap is going to become. And if you don't adapt to that, then how in the world would somebody as a B2B buyer go from thinking about, oh, I'm out of toilet paper and it gets shipped to my house the next day right. to an incredibly complex, buy, not even a buying decision, just information gathering decision yeah. with a B2B brand. If you can make that even close, if you can close that gap a little bit and follow that model of, let me make this an easy experience for people to find me, understand who I am, find the information they're looking for. And, you know, sounds simple, but as easy as possible for them to give you their money, you're going to have a leg up on the competition. 
Right. And I think the B2C companies use a lot of content discovery ads, things that are like Facebook content ads, which are not inside the Facebook platform. They're just sort of on the other websites that are related. And the person has some intent to make a purchase and they show the ad and they get them into the funnel so much faster, right? Mm -hmm. They get them into the funnel and they know about the company. Now they retarget to them. They're trying to make them make the purchase. And then once they make the purchase, now they're following up with emails. Maybe there's, you know, how was your purchase? The whole experience and maybe their customer service is way different. Live chat, text message. Yeah. I mean, it's like an amazing experience you see. And then you go to a B2B, they're never even following up after they make the sale. No surveys were ever made. No one's ever checked in with me to see if I actually like the product. Unless they're trying to sell me warranty or something else. There's really no connection to the consumer. Yep. Yet, I may spend more money here than I have. My lifetime value of HelloFresh is nowhere near what I'm making a <laughs> yeah. phone you know, system purchase right. for 50 people or 100 people, right. right? And so I think I love for our B2B folks to think more about that, like you said, because mm-hmm. that, that gap is so wide right now. And they have access to the same technology that the B2C brands have. It's the same technology. It's the same A-B testing tools. It's the same ad platforms. It's the same copywriting, landing page, whatever else. I just think that they think differently. They're very agile, very ready to move and make a decision. And they understand that the whole entire buying experience has to be redone for me to make any money today, right? That's the reason why they're even succeeding is what can I do to make this easier than the old way of buying a bicycle or whatever it is. Right. The new way is it gets delivered to you in your house. The old way is you go to go and pick it up and drive it home or whatever. Yeah. And I think for whatever reason, the second piece of that. So we talk about the experience, right? Providing a better experience. People are going to gravitate towards that. It's easier for them to buy, easier for them to understand information. That's something that B2C brand, successful B2C brands do really well. The second half of that is just within that experience, that brand experience, they're creating a lot of brand loyalty. And I see that misconception as well on the B2B side where a lot of companies think, you know, well, you know, brand loyalty doesn't exist because this is our business or we do this or we're in manufacturing or we're, like you said, you know, a telecommunications company or we're an IT company. And I think that's nonsense because again, it's still a person and people inherently are, they're dying for, they love to attach themselves to a brand. They want to work with a successful brand that they can be proud of whether that's the experience that they're dealing with or the growth of that company, they want to see like, hey, that's right. that's my team. I made the right, right decision. I agree. I and mean, you see that with everything. I mean, sports teams and politics and everything. It's right. like, I'm on the red team or I'm on the blue team. And then if their team is succeeding, they love that. And right. so you see that with consumer products. Correct. People love that they, that I was right about Apple or I was right about Tesla or I was right, right about whatever. That's the same thing. If you're, they see that and you can create that experience and they chose to work with you and then you continue to create that experience and provide a better exchange of your goods or services. And then they see your growth and that you're on all these social platforms and that you're getting published in publications and that you, you know, are promoting yourself and you're getting out there. And one of their, you know, business associates is also working with you, or they see that you, you know, raise money on LinkedIn. They see that article or that you were acquired or you acquired another company. They love that. And people want to see that they're attaching themselves to another shakers and movers. Yeah, exactly. So I think that notion that people aren't going to, you know, they're not going to have brand loyalty to me because I sell them cardboard. They're just going to get a cheaper cardboard manufacturer. Somewhere else. Well, maybe if you have that, if that's how you, if it's a transactional mentality, then sure. Right. 
But if you have a, you know, an online portal and system that you can log in and, you know, get the best price or the best quote, or you're constantly communicating with them via email about innovations in the actual packaging that you have or the cardboard that you have and what other clients are doing. You have a client showcase or spotlight about them and you featured them and say, hey, look at my client, look what they did uh, with our product. They're going to have more of an attachment. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or Maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone. Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at One IMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. And I think that's exactly right, because there's always case studies and testimonials on a B2C brand all the time, yet we are kind of worried about exposing the customer details, thinking somebody's going to steal it from <laughs> from a B2B company. I think there's just a lot of attachment to the older way of doing it, and I think that's all going away. However, I think we need to move faster, or else, like you said, there's going to be a huge shift in those companies not getting the sale while these other companies may be more proactive in their marketing and doing more to make a better experience. Like I said, I love it when I get text notification of my shipping and this and that because I'm too busy to go find where I bought it from, but I need to know it was delivered. Like, look, Amazon sends a picture of you, say it's been dropped off in front of your house. How many B2B brands do that, right? There's such a huge gap. So I think a couple of big things to take away, like you said, is they're worried about the experience. They're testing a lot. They're testing very frequently and they're worried about loyalty. That's a huge part of it. And it's the same tenants that we need to worry about in any purchase. Yet, I think B2C brands do such an amazing job. Like how many B2C brands have their own app? Yet, how many B2B brands have their own app? We don't even think we should build an app. We feel like that's unnecessary. It's not a good investment. Where's the ROI of an app? Yeah, and the (laughs) the beauty is that you don't, it's not a risk, right? It's not a gamble because the B2C brands for the most part are leading that charge. And so like we talked about earlier, you can copy that blueprint. You can copy that formula and say, hey, this company has a great user experience. They have a great mobile app. They have a great ordering system. They do a great job with, you know, continuous follow-up with past and previous customers to increase retention and, you know, resubscriptions or whatever that is. Use that, apply it, mold it, change it to your business model. I mean, don't blindly, you know, say, okay, well, this company's on Snapchat, so I need to be on Snapchat, right? Still needs to make sense for your audience. But look at the way that people are consuming content. Look at your audience and then merge those two together. It's not about, you know, let's create a bunch of text because I deal with engineers. So I need to have, you know, a bunch of product specifications and all these documents that are very thick and hard to read through. You know, those engineers are still, you know, watching YouTube videos, right? So it's like you have to kind of find a balance between the two. 
Yeah. And also from a social, like I said, it was the first thing you said from a social media perspective, they completely eliminate every opportunity to create content on a consistent basis yeah. so that people can get to know about it and follow you and engage with your brand. That's non-existent in many cases and it's changing. Like I said, however, I think it just needs to be different. And the most important thing I could say is like you and I said that the B2C experience is there when you're not there at the office, when you're at home, you're buying things in a very different way than you're doing it when you're at work and you know that it's getting harder and harder to find the right fit for you to buy a product or service yep. at work and you just wish it was different. And let me tell you, the newer folks, the newer workforce is not going to do it the old way. Yep. They're not going to have the sales rep explain what right. to do. Because like you said, yeah, I mean, like I said, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, exactly. You're conditioned to that experience. And so, yes, like you said, there is a... There's a bit of an overlap because you have an older generation that, yeah, this sales rep is doing that. And my account rep, you know, I know I can call them and they can fax over some documents and reports. But the newer generation is looking for an app to Real time. log into and Correct. see or this or that. And I think that would be kind of my final piece in terms of what you can take away. I, I love the reporting aspect. I think most B2B brands, if you're doing and exchanging, you know, product, service, whatever goods with another company, there's something that you can report to them on. And if it's not an application, it could be a static report, but look at the way B2C brands are. If you look at just recently Spotify, right? How they mm -hmm. do the end of the year, you know, here's how you summarized how you actually spent Consumed. your time and consume the content and what podcast. Your favorite songs. Do, all those kind of things. Right. People love that. It was so interesting. People love the data and just the format of it made so much sense. It was so easy to use. Another consumer product that I love in terms of reporting is Mint. Uh, yep. In terms of how breaking down of budgets and finances, all those kind of things. Apple Card does that. Yeah, all of that should be, you have the Apple Card? No, I don't. Not but yet. I've seen the app. <laughs> exactly. It shows uh, you your spending yeah, all, right in your all, app. Exactly. And then you look at a B2B brand, that they might be doing something almost the exact same. And Correct. the reporting, I mean, you look at like even QuickBooks. Like it's, yeah. that's not the same reporting and budgeting and spreadsheets and all the kind of stuff that you would see in a consumer brand because there's that stigma of, well, this is just how business is done. This is how accountants Correct. read this. And this is how, and I think the companies that adapt those ideas without, you know, and tailor that to their customer, it's going to resonate so much more. People are going to gravitate towards that because they, they're familiar with that. That's how everything else in their life operates is in this B2C, easy to use, no friction Correct. environment. The closer you can get to that on the B2B side, still providing highest quality of product and service, the more you're going to stand out from your competition and the better suited that you're going to be to provide that better experience for your customer. And I think what we need to pitch for in every company is a change agent. Somebody needs to lead that or else it's not going to happen. Yeah. It might as well start from the marketing department. Yeah. The support department isn't going to do that. The sales department is going to do that, right? The accounting department is not going to do that or the finance, whatever. It's got to come from, I think, the marketing department and say, hey, the way that we've been conducting business is old school way. It's like we're still filling out pieces of paper to fulfill an order. Let's go digital. And then let's make that easier for the end user to maybe make it like subscribe and save on Amazon. How do we do that for our company? Yep. And how do we let them know, hey, you ordered this paper for your printer three months ago. You've been ordering every three months. Are we ready to ship you another box? Exactly. Like yeah, start how, how changing. You, the question, yeah, is just how do I make this easier? And you can even ask your clients that. I mean, we've worked, you know, when we're talking about the B2B space, we've worked with custom fabrication and manufacturing companies where their client base is like 95% 
their revenues rather 95% return customers, right? And kind of work with them to understand, okay, well, you know, housing all of this customer data, they don't have a CRM, they don't have any contact data, they have basically the invoices. So when you need something, you call me, call in, and you place an order. And so just like you said, it's like, so you don't have historical purchase information about those customers, who they are, how often they order, Every single time that person has to call in and then retell you all of their information, their address, their payment details, the specs, especially if they're reordering the same thing over and over, that would be something very simple without investing a lot of money to, for one, implement a CRM, two, have some sort of an online portal where you can actually just log in and look at your order history and either reorder or reorder and make adjustments to that order, at least save the bare minimum information, right. which is the contact and the you know sure. credit card, right? And what they ordered before. So you could buy that again. But stuff like that is just being lost because, yeah, this is how our business is done. They want to call in. They want to do it that way. And none of the competition is doing anything different. So we don't have a reason to change. customers yet, right. but you will. Correct. Or they say, we don't have a reason to change. Yeah. We've ain't broken. Don't fix it. And yeah. And it really shouldn't <laughs> even be about, you know, that the competition might doing do it. It should be about, can we provide a better right. experience? Exactly. And I think that's, I would say this is 90% of the prospects that we talk to is yeah. that they're sort of living in the old age. Mm-hmm. We're trying our hardest to change the world. And it's not that we can't fix every business's well, problem. Yeah. We're making this podcast so that they understand what the problem is and figure it out, hire people, do whatever you need to do. But you need to change, like you said, hey, how do we order this? I ordered this on my app. Yeah. I did not go to Starbucks. I did da 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 it, It's it, like, that's it. I wish yeah. that they would just deliver and I don't even have to get out of my chair. And by the way, that's, you know, sort of a byproduct of providing a better experience is that yes. people spend money easier. Correct. Right? Exactly. And I think one uh, specific stat that I remember is that Amazon Echo, the amount of people that ordered off of voice tripled in one year because they've basically made it easier to make a purchase. Yeah. So you can say, hey, Alexa, order me toilet paper. I'm sure it's going to go off in our office, right? <laughs> so that made it me. easier than the yeah. year before. You still had to go to your app, right. which I think the app is going away with the voice. And the voice is going to go away with your AirPod. Right. It's like literally, how can I make their life easier is the direction that they're going. It's not, let me make everybody go to Amazon.com and click a button. It's not even a thing. Right. Yeah, and the rate at which technology is advancing is making that gap honestly scary for B2B marketers because B2B, let's say they're always, you know, eight or 10 years behind B2C, right? 10 years ago, a 10-year gap wasn't that big of a difference, right? Because, you know, not a lot happened. But in this 10 years- It was fax to phone. Right, the next <laughs> to 10 cell years, phone. in the next 10 years, now one year being behind is like being behind 10 years or 15 years. Yes. So that- I'm afraid to see 10 <laughs> years from happen. now, if you're still doing business the way that you're doing now, which is already 10 years behind, that the gap is going to be you know, insurmountable. Got it. So we're going to hire an army of people so we can start fixing businesses. That's right. Any final thoughts? No. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we, we see this every day and it was like one of those things that we even put it out in our own website and our newsletter and like, hey, we need to talk about this because yeah. I don't think it's talked about enough. And I think we need to bring an awareness to this so that we can implement systems and technologies and they'll understand why we're throwing away the website, throwing away the old CRM, Excel spreadsheet, whatever you want to call it, ACT, and every every tool in the world that doesn't scale to going to a digital version of it. And I mean, if you're walking to an Apple store, they have iPads and things like that. I walk into an AT&T store, they're taking this like this. 
Right. But you walk into anywhere else, you're like, there's nothing there. Yeah, They're when, taking when notes. Or- exactly. <laughs> and that's just not the yeah. world. But that's not the pace in which the consumer is moving anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, I guess, the biggest thing. Yeah. All right. So if you're a B2B marketer and you have questions, you want to chat with us, just go to oneims.com, fill out the form there, and we can talk about how we can bring your marketing up to the 21st century and beyond. And then if people have questions or they want to submit questions to the podcast, where can they go? It's oneimazon.com slash podcast. There is a ways to leave a voice memo, send us a note. Yeah, we'd love to feature you. So yeah, that's We're it. We're trying to make it as easy as possible. Trying to make our, it as easy as possible. Our customers to get a hold of us. Exactly. Thanks a lot for tuning in. That's all we have for you today. for podcast notes and more. We are on a mission to build a community of growth marketers to systemize and scale businesses.